Hello everybody and welcome back to the Chiona Podcast. It is me, Sarah Sodizi, and I have an extreme I say this every single time I have a special guest on here. Every single time, but truthfully, this person, they are amazing and I've known them for ages upon ages, like ever since they were like a tiny little child. <laughs> and so this like brings me so much joy to introduce my friend Jeriel aka DJ Honey Bun. Welcome, my love. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a little background story is I was really well, still continue to be really good friends with their older sister. And um I I eventually ended up meeting the rest of the family and like ever since then I've been going to like family functions and like just been part of this the, I like the, I don't know how but it just ended up happening that I feel like Filipinos are very much like that yes, where they'll just totally. um, automatically adopt you and you're just kind of like all right well cool I'll go with this <laughs> cool and everything but yeah ever since then I've I've been friends with 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 their sister and um and with them and their brother and and their parents and everything like that and it's, it's been a fun time and it's been so amazing to see them grow into a wonderful human being so thank you for being here my love of course uh thank you for having me i'm so i'm so like geek to be here honestly even though here is my house but yeah you know <laughs> no but nonetheless okay so in terms of where i wanted to go with this i first kind of just wanted to touch a little bit upon the tea here because I know I've known you as like my barber That's right. for a very long time and a lot of people actually knew you as their barber and everything like that and then you went from this like from this side of your business and everything like that and moved into doing this DJing thing which I think is awesome by the way like Thank I'm super you. proud of you and and I love watching your streams and it's so much fun so I kind of just wanted to get down to the nitty gritty and understand that a little bit and hear your side of things yeah totally um let me just start off by saying it has been a journey it's been absolutely crazy the support that i'm getting on my new endeavors are actually really amazing like everyone's been super nice about it um i've never felt more welcomed into a community before which is crazy to me because i mean i'm not gonna say that i paved the way but i definitely played a part in you know bringing um bringing the barber industry like up in toronto mm -hmm. especially because i was there uh, at like i guess at the beginning mm -hmm. of before it turned into like a social media craze mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. when everyone was like oh my god like so and so i'm not gonna name any names but so and so is like instagram famous and like it just turned into a lot of politics at the end of it but if you do want to get into the tea we can get into the tea <laughs> i mean that's what i'm here for that's the whole point of this whole thing and i want to catch up with you anyways so i mean by all means say what you need to say all right so to start it um just a little background for those of you who don't know me i used to go by barbara gal um i was quote unquote the youngest female barber in the gta mm -hmm. and i think even to this day probably that but you know i'm still um you know i i identify as non-binary so i'm just i guess the youngest non-binary person <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go the youngest uh, person freaking barber in the gta yeah. still so um i guess it started 20 uh 2019 yes so 2019 before 
COVID. Doesn't that seem like it was just like ages ago? Yeah, like it's 2019. Crazy. It was two Time years is ago. A scam. Time is a fraud. To be honest. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so 2019, I was in a relationship. I don't want to get into the tea of that. We can nah, get nah, to nah, that nah, for nah. a later. Time. That's for me. That's for me to do. I spill all the tea that's on my a, relationship. That's right. Mm. <laughs> um, and at this time, December 2019, I was visiting Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. This is not where my partner lived at the time, but we met up there because mm-hmm. there was something called Art Basel going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens every December. Yeah. I was very curious about what it was about. And I wanted to go down and see um, my ex at the time. So I was like, you know what? Let's go. And I went with my friend and we kind of just had like a jolly good time. So when we when we were there, it was just art upon art installations walking down this like area, I guess, like this neighborhood called mm-hmm. Wynwood. And it was just murals. There were sculptures. You would go into stores and there would be like exhibits there of specific artists mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like it was basically just a giant art festival, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like I felt like I was at home, not Miami, but like being in an environment surrounded by other artists, surrounded mm-hmm. by just creators. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of trying to get back to my roots of painting Mm -hmm. um in 2020 Mm -hmm. and in 2019 like after our bezel i kind of said to myself i'm like yo this is what i want to do like i want to do art full-time like Mm -hmm. i don't want to cut anymore like Mm -hmm. i don't want to break my back for like nothing you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like and i'm very proud of what i accomplished Mm -hmm. like i built the community that i had and Mm -hmm. it was it was a fun time you know it was seven years of my life like it was it just seemed like such a long time Mm -hmm. and usually before i make any big decision i give myself a year to think on that decision because like i'm a very impulsive person (laughs) yo you're telling me (laughs) yeah (laughs) like and i will jump into anything head first but i i do give myself that time you know i have to be rational i got to think about the pros and cons all that good stuff so i was like you know what by december 2020 so that would be a full year from when art basel was in 2019 I told myself, I'm like, if you still feel the same way, then retire and then, you know, go off and do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as y'all know, pandemic hit. February, I was in the Philippines for the entire month Mm -hmm. on vacation. And then when I came back, things were like, it was crazy. Oh, man, we were just all running around with our heads cut off. It was crazy. Yeah. So... Mind you, I just had gone back from Philippines, so I was away for a month. I didn't work, mm-hmm. um, and I just had a vacation two months before in December. Yeah. So I was dead broke. Yeah. I did not know what I was going to do. I was coming off a of vacation. I'm like, how can I work? I maybe cut like care for two weeks before they shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I got to get it somehow. Yeah. So that's when you know I started getting back to painting, and I was just doing my thing. Mm-hmm. And the more i was painting throughout the summer of 2020 Mm -hmm. the more i was like whoa like i kind of want to do this full time or i just don't want to be a barber like that i just want to work for myself and do things for me yeah and that was like being a full-time artist whether it was like with my sewing painting Mm -hmm. whatever i was doing and so this is still before djing this is before any of yeah but i think like it would just i think that's kind of the part where you realized that you wanted to go in some form or another into mm-hmm. the art space, That's right? right. Yeah. Exactly, 100%. Um, 
So summer, um, summer 2020, they started opening things up slowly. Yeah. And I was like low key doing yeah, hair. Yeah. So for me, <laughs> I was not cutting hair. Okay. <laughs> um, in my backyard, safely, everyone was masked up. Yeah. I did my sanitary routines and yes, all that stuff. Yes. So. I was cutting hair and like it was hot, yo. Like last <laughs> summer was hot. It was. Um, and you know, just just sitting in my backyard, like cutting all those people after not seeing them for months. I was like, you know what? This is cool. Like I don't feel pressured to cut like ten heads in a day because mm-hmm. obviously, like with my routines and then like being outside and yeah. having to clean everything properly, yeah. like I was taking an hour and a half per client, yeah. whereas before it used to be like 45 minutes yeah. to 50 minutes. No, I remember. Yeah. So now it's like, man, like I can't even take as many clients as I, I used to before. Yeah. And I slowly started coming to the realization that like, this is my reality now. Like I'm not going to be, I don't want to be cutting hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to cut hair because I want to, not because like this is my bread and butter and like my form of income. Yeah. Like, it um, felt more of, like, an obligation at that it, point, It right? was feeling like an obligation because, like, you know, I built so much on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my identity was attached to Barbagal. Like, yeah. people publicly knew me as that. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I just felt like I did my due diligence. I did my time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a reason and a season for everything. And that season was over. And yeah. I guess it was time for me to move on. I'm like, you know what? I don't know where I'm going to go or what industry I'm going to end up in. But... I just knew I wanted to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. So September 2020, mm-hmm. I had retired mm-hmm. and I made like this emotional pose. Like I, I just spoke that. from the heart. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, so this is what actually triggered everything. Yes. We were out at Blue Mountain with my family, not just my family, but like my cousins, mm-hmm. like, you know, my aunts mm-hmm. and uncles it was, and my grandparents on my dad's side. So. Uh-huh. We were at Blue Mountain just walking around for the long weekend, like Labor Day weekend. And I, at the time, sorry to bring this up again, but I was stressing over my ex. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this negativity. Yeah. Um, and we had already broken up too, so like I don't know why I was still like stressing. Nah, about yo, it. they got some way. They got some Wait. way of lingering in your mind even after like it's been like months. Yeah. They, for some reason, it just pops up. No, I know that. I know mm-hmm. those ones. They just pop up out of nowhere. It's yeah. the worst. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking around and I'm like, everyone is here. Mm. I'm like, these are my values. This is what I value in life: family yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you know, even spending time with myself. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm going to pursue barbering and mm-hmm. make it, quote unquote, make it, I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. as a barber. Because I see the lifestyle that these barbers that are like, you know, big in the industry, mm-hmm. um, I see their lifestyles and like, I don't align myself with that yeah. because a lot of them don't see their families. They miss all the big events and like, I can't do that yeah. if I'm a barber. No, of course. But if I was just working for myself as a freelance artist or whatever then you have that i have the freedom to do whatever the heck i want yeah right that makes sense so you know as we're walking in blue mountain i'm just typing out this message from the heart like just pure raw emotions Mm -hmm. took a screenshot of it i was i just opened up my phone notes Mm -hmm. 
posted it on on ig and then i was like i oh this is it man this is my retiring message ah. and it's funny because to this day some people don't even know that like i'm retired really i kind of just jumped off the face of instagram <laughs> kind of just ghosted and yeah, ghosted your... i just like posted my post i like i saw who needed to see it or who I, so i thought yeah i needed to and, see it yeah. and then i just deactivated my account because i'm like Damn. i can't like it's so toxic and mm. there's there's a lot of things wrong with the industry which mm. I do want to get into it because those are also reasons why I left the industry in the mm -hmm. first place. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like I wasn't getting the respect, um, especially in the Toronto community. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of there's a lot of competition, mm -hmm. I find, and people just think they're better than the others. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to help each other. Yeah. Nobody wants to help the new the new generation yeah. because like the older generation will be like, oh, well, these kids have YouTube and these kids have Instagram. Yeah. They can just learn by themselves. Yeah. But that's not how you nurture the community. You no. have to be able to pass down what you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on that. Like, you know me, I'm big on sharing mm -hmm. and, you know, I always love to put other people on other mm -hmm. artists on yeah yeah, yeah. so um it, it just got to a point where the industry itself um was not aligning with who i wanted to be and mm -hmm. what i wanted to grow to be as a person mm -hmm. and i said arrivederci goodbye peace out sayonara yeah. i'm gone yeah and i haven't looked back since mm -hmm. so i'm very happy so <laughs> yeah if you want to add oh. anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I just, because from an outside perspective, because like some of y'all know or don't know, um, they used to do my braids. They used to braid my hair. They also did my undercut that my mom was very much not appreciative of. <laughs> but I used to come over and that would be our time to like catch up on life and talk about stuff and like spill tea and all that stuff. I remember we used to do that. And so then when you had announced that you weren't in that space anymore, I, at first I was like, who the hell is going to braid my hair now? <laughs> first of all. And then the second thing I immediately thought was like, did something happen or was there something like that made them feel like, oh, like I, I don't belong in this space anymore or something outside of that that made them feel like they couldn't do it anymore because I feel like the same kind of thing had happened to me where I felt like after my breakup or my last relationship, I felt like, yo, what's even the point anymore? Like what's even the point of doing this or like doing something that I don't even care for? Because at the time I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues and and I started thinking to myself, I was like, yo, it's not worth it anymore. None of this is worth it. What, what's the point? What's the big deal about what I'm doing and everything like that? And I stopped drawing. I stopped illustrating. I stopped doing that stuff because like I just wasn't as interested in it anymore like I used to be. And part of it was because, yes, like the mental health stuff, but it also had to do with the relationships that I had with other people mm -hmm. and like how I was trying to deal with that. But um, but yeah, when I had seen that, I was just immediately like I went like mama bear mode and was like, yo, who did something to them? Who? Tell me who. Tell me who. But then I realized I was like, maybe it's just a matter of like them taking the time and space and doing what they need to and, and finding what they want to do and figuring that stuff out. And sometimes for a lot of people that takes a really long time 
but for you i'm super glad that you were able to find it in like what I, as an outsider it just seems like it came in such short period of time i'm sure it for really, you it, i'm, I'm it sure really for you <laughs> no but i'm sure for you it seemed like it was a lot longer like for me it was just like from one thing to another you uh, you were doing that and i was like holy crap wow okay this is awesome but then yeah like i ended up seeing you were starting to even from like the very very beginning you were like posting about oh i'm starting to learn how to like merge tracks together and like all this stuff and then now seeing what it is now just like my baby like it's grown yeah so tell me more about that i want to like like when you had officially when you had officially started doing the whole djing thing like were you scared were you like a little apprehensive about it like what was what was that whole thing like all right so (laughs) the origins Mm -hmm. my origin story of how i started dj honey bun so Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I'm always that person to be like, bro, pass the odds <laughs> at any party, in yo, any car. Yo, honestly. Let, let me connect to the Bluetooth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love to put people onto music. Mm-hmm. I love to play my music. I express myself through my music mm-hmm. as well. Basically, DJing is something that I always wanted to pick up. I just never had the balls to <laughs> you know dive into something that i knew nothing about yeah and also money like Mm. you know we were in a pandemic i'm like what am i thinking you know what i mean and it did take a lot out of me to kind of just go in head first i bought my controller i got i got this laptop that Mm. i'm using right now Mm -hmm. and with the intentions to learn how to dj and when i when I before I actually even started before I even got my controller yeah. and I had my laptop still just you know messing around in Serato I was like you know what if I'm trash at this at least Amazon has a return policy <laughs> stop and I could just return the controller if I'm trash <laughs> and I'll just go back to cutting hair me with buying anything online you like, know what I have mean? 30 days to return it's like, it doesn't it's work all... out you know it's fine it's fine Amazon <laughs> yeah. you know multi-billion dollar it's not gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt them they're not even gonna miss it so i was like you know what if i'm bad at it at least i tried Mm -hmm. at least i tried it and i can just return the controller and we can call it a day and now i have a new laptop it's fine yeah but the more when i first got the controller and i started seeing like the the different functions and like how to as you said like how to merge the tracks and like me kind of just posting a little bit here and there Mm -hmm. about my progress and what i had been teaching myself Mm -hmm. i was like man it's just like that like something ignited a fire in me Mm -hmm. again that is just like oh my god i love this so much Mm -hmm. like like instant instantly fell in love just like how i instantly fell in love with cutting hair from like the first time Mm -hmm. i ever held clippers and now because it is something new and it's something that you know i'm learning something new every day Mm -hmm. like i'm watching other djs i'm you know i'm doing the research i'm sourcing the music which is a lot of the work to be honest Mm -hmm. um just sourcing music in itself but with doing all that it kind of just brought that excitement out of me Mm -hmm. and i haven't and i knew that i didn't feel that way about cutting hair anymore Mm -hmm. and now cutting hair to me is just like a way for me to catch up with friends you know like i i can just do it because i love it and not because like i need to pay the bills yeah this is uh you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. there's nothing there's nothing like that's significantly tied to it anymore exactly like because i had already detached myself in terms of like as i said like i wasn't aligning myself with the community anymore and the the industry Mm -hmm. so that being said um and as i said at the beginning of 
you know, my little speech or what, my little tangent <laughs> is that I've never felt more welcomed into a community. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's wild. And Twitch has been really nice for that, like connecting with people from all over the place, mm-hmm. the UK, Asia, mostly the United States. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do put myself out there like it's a lot like, you you know how my Instagram is. And, mm-hmm. Um, this time, like the the game is definitely different. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as pressed to kind of always be on mm-hmm. as much because mm-hmm. you know how Instagram can get. It's very, yeah. it's very toxic. Um, when you're in the wrong places. Yes. And now I feel like I'm, I'm in the industry that I need to be at at this yeah. point in my life, and I'm meeting the right people mm-hmm. that um that I should be at this time. So. Shout to the universe, shout to God mm-hmm. for, you know, bringing those people to me and also just bringing out um, this passion in me because sometimes when you just lose the passion over something that you, you thought that you loved, mm-hmm. it, it sucks. Man. It does. Because like, you're just like, what? Like, I've been doing this for seven years and all of a sudden it's, it's just, just like, like, it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. No, and it's and it's scary because I feel like because you've been doing it for so long, you don't know anything else, right? That's or like right. you've you've kind of just pushed to the side other things that you might have wanted to try, but you've been so focused on that one thing that mm. like everything else now, like now that you're done doing that, you're like, okay, yeah, I can do it, but like, am I gonna do it? Am I gonna try it? Am I gonna, so you know, like the apprehensiveness comes out from that. But like, I'm I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart. Like, I am super proud of how far you've come and 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 the things that you've managed to get out to. Every time I always see you posting about. <laughs> Every time I've always seen you posting about like your your streams or anything that you've been up to, I feel like such a proud mom because I've known you for that long, right? Yeah. I've known you since you were a little kid, right? Literally and seeing saw you me come up. Yeah. So like seeing you blossom like that, it's a really it's a really beautiful thing. It's a really it's a really awesome thing. My heart. <laughs> but coming coming from that actually, you and I kind of grew up in similar environments where it's it's really all you know or like mm-hmm. the, the the whole idea of going to church and and doing all that stuff and being super involved in your church and everything like that that's something that both of both you and i grew up with heavily mm-hmm. would you say like that kind of that kind of that kind of environment like i i think about it a lot too where i'm obviously well both you and i are full-grown adults now and feel like you can make your own choices when it comes to things like that right but um i'm trying to remember where i was going with this Oh, geez. Mm. Oh, so do you feel like that has a lot of influence on your life now compared to how it was before? Or is it the same? Or would you say it's like a lot different now type of thing? Um, I wouldn't say that like my life is heavily influenced by the church as it was like growing up when like you're forced to go to Sunday school mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I find that my relationship with God has gotten stronger just through me doing my own research Mm -hmm. and like not even necessarily like following what the church says, because I don't necessarily agree with some things that, you know, as we've spoken about earlier, some things that the church has said. Mm -hmm. And as you said, we're we're grown adults now. We can we're capable of making our own choices, having our own opinions. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I have. I have people who listen. I have people who listen to this podcast and oftentimes they'll be like, oh, like, how is it that I remember somebody asked me, 
somebody asked me a question. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to call you out. And I'm not slandering you in any way, so don't come for me. But I remember somebody had asked me, why do you say Black Lives Matter at the end of your podcast? As a Christian, you should be considering um, you should be considering all lives and all lives should matter. And I have a lot of people, a not lot all lives matter person. <laughs> um, I have a lot of people like across platforms, not even just on Instagram, but even face to face and in person. That will and, question you? Yeah, that'll say like, why do you say why do you say that? Oh, this one was this one was an interesting one. This one was where somebody was like, You're not even black. Why are you even saying that? And oh my God. it's really Please. telling about it's well it's really telling about the the, the environment we kind of grew up in where mm-hmm. a lot of times we're taught certain things or we're we're made we 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 uh we understand things as like it's just that way and it's always right. been that way and there's no way that it's ever going to change and mm-hmm. there's no way that you can ever modify it and things like that and so when people would ask me that question or when people would be like okay like as a christian you should be caring about everybody's lives it's not just black people's lives and things like that a lot of what it turns around or what a lot of what it turns into is like just because it's not affecting me and just because it's not something that's directly related to me doesn't mean that I shouldn't speak up about it, especially Facts. if I'm going to have a platform like this. Granted, I don't have a super huge one. There's maybe like a couple people that will listen to this like in its entirety. But nonetheless, <laughs> I still have somewhat of a platform to be able to speak on issues that I really care about. Mm-hmm. And that happens to be one of them. So, I mean, like... When it comes to things like that, have you ever faced, I guess, like faced the same kind of like issues or the same kind of problems that arise in that where you like speak up for a certain issue and it's like mm, people don't always agree with it? Um, I would say last year when I was still on my Barbagal account mm-hmm. and this was at the height of like, you know, the BLM protests mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. To be honest, like I did, I was very vocal about it Mm -hmm. um, through, you know, through my my Facebook, Mm -hmm. even on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, spoke my piece. To be honest, I didn't really get too many um, like negative responses about it Mm -hmm. because it did get to a point where I, you know, you have to you have to know when like it's your place to take space Mm -hmm. and i knew that it wasn't my place to take space anymore so i kind of like eased out on that like i will always like stand for black lives black trans lives especially Mm -hmm. black trans youth lives um and yeah as i said like i haven't really received um flack per se for saying what i need to say i've obviously received flack for posting about the lgbt community and mm-hmm. advocating for them but specifically for um for blm for black lives matter i have not and mm-hmm. i'm actually really surprised to hear that that you have especially being a christian and we're supposed to love everyone like and yeah like we obviously know that all lives matter but like f- forever and always like black people have been the marginalized community and Mm -hmm. you know not to even bring other people into this but indigenous lives matter indigenous lives matter like big time and i'm sorry canada you're showing your ass and like (laughs) i really wanted to actually talk about that today because you have been posting um you know you've been posting awareness about you know the things that have been uncovered like been Mm -hmm. uncovering 
uh, for the past the the past few months, and it really just it's really heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and it, it's really just so sad and disheartening. Mm-hmm. And you know, people think that Canada is this great co- this great country, but it was built on the lives of immigrants mm-hmm. and on the backs of Indigenous people, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just not a place to be right now. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. No, I I I had this conversation with a a colleague of mine from grad school because she is in fact indigenous i actually had three indigenous colleagues which was such a joy to have in my class Mm -hmm. and i loved hearing them talk about their experiences or just what's going on within their own communities because i feel like that's really the place where you can find out the most right because you can google as much as you want Mm -hmm. and you can read all the research and all of the news articles that are coming out about this stuff but when you actually hear it from people that are experiencing it directly or 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 that they know people within their own family that have experienced Mm -hmm. this directly it's insightful but at the same time it's heartbreaking because you know you never really realize that this is what's happening right below your nose Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and sadly enough this is when i had really started to advocate for it because i had no idea even in even in my like undergrad Mm -hmm. i was just barely scratching the surface on what was going on within these communities and it wasn't until i reached grad school when i met these incredible women who are from these 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 communities where they really explain like what's going on or what has happened before and how it still continues to this day Mm -hmm. and i think as somebody who lives in this country it's my responsibility to you know make this known to people or make this known that hey like bt dubs like this country that you're so proud of or this country that you claim to love so much y'all need to know the real tea y'all need to y'all need to know the real history behind it because it's just sad how even as kids we the only time that we were ever really exposed to anything to do with indigenous culture or indigenous lives or anything like that was that one little chapter in history yep. where we would talk about like log cabins or like they would like live in like log cabins and they lived on reserves and that was basically it yeah. like it was like one not even like a full chapter it'd be like it a small a little section yeah, yeah like a a mini section on indigenous people and then from there it just skipped over to the old white man and all the contributions that they would make and Mm -hmm. all all that all that stuff and actually i went to because in recent events as you probably know the residential school where they found the bodies in kamloops bc Mm -hmm. i went to a vigil in hamilton actually because there's a very large community out there because there's a reserve around around uh around that area i i went to a vigil and um, spent time with a lot of these uh, a lot of the leaders and, and community members and things like that and just the stories that they had to tell and the way that they um, expressed genuine like genuine sadness and mm-hmm. and just this this it, it, in a sense like they were all bonded together by this but it's such an unfortunate event that like i hated the fact that this is the way that we have to be bonded right that you know, something terrible like this had to be discovered in order for all of us to gather together and to be mm-hmm. able to recognize what what has happened and everything. And actually, I got I went with my friend Corinne because she's super into this stuff too. She actually really wants to study it. Um, she she brought me along and and I got really really emotional the whole time that I was there because like these are little kids, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the fact that like there are people out there that genuinely think like 
oh, this, the, 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 it happened so long ago, so you need to get over it. Like, going back to the whole point of, like, Black Lives Matter and everything like that. But mm-hmm. people, the, the whole argument is that was so long ago. And y'all need to just get over it because it happened a really long time ago and we've apologized for it. Or my favorite is, well, I wasn't the one that put them into slavery. I wasn't the one that put them into residential schools. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't. And I was like, honey, sweetheart, I know that you weren't the one that did this. Right. But if we perpetuate, if we perpetuate these ideas where we think, oh, we just need to get over it. Okay, whatever, cool. Like, and not even open up a conversation about it. What good is that going to do? You right. know what I mean? And that's the exact reason why I bring up these issues or that's the exact reason why i talk about these things that might make people uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. might make people very uneasy because regardless of how you feel about it at least we're having a conversation about it at least we're talking about it at that point because Mm -hmm. a lot of people like i said people have said to me like oh why are you saying black lives matter all lives matter all lives are supposed to matter i'm like that's cool and all that's cool but let's really dig deep and and understand like why you feel that way i remember i got into a whole argument with this guy I got into this argument actually with a friend of mine from high school. Him and I used to be really good friends in high school. And then, yo, I ain't trying to be shady, but like, this is just the reality of it. Man moved to like a predominantly white area mm. and he completely changed his thinking and he completely changed who he was. And like, we're, we stopped being close after like, after he had moved there because his mentality had changed. And it really just goes to show that it like, who you hang out with is like very much an influence on how you can perceive things or how you can understand things because we got into that argument where he was saying like all lives matter all lives matter and he's not even white himself that's that's the that's the crazy part he's not even white himself yeah he's not even white himself so he was like all lives matter blah 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 and all i said all i said i wasn't attacking him personally nothing like that because that's not who i am i literally said i was like yeah this this one ain't it chief that's this Mm -hmm. that ain't it that ain't it and we got into this whole discussion about how it downplays the experiences of other people and how it's just not fair that you're uplifting you're uplifting these voices but then not these voices and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like I don't know why people get so pressed. I, I don't know why people get so pressed about something that literally has nothing to it, it has nothing to do with them, but it also has everything to do, to with, do with them. them. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you're contributing to the oppression. You know what I mean? And I me as a person that has studied this stuff, because when I went to grad school, a lot of my research is focused on latin american communities but also just racialized people and um, people from other cultures or pocs and when i started learning more and more about this and whether it related to me or not i felt like there was still some sort of responsibility in me to speak on it whenever i could and and i remember telling one of my friends about this because they had also gone to high school with this person that I was arguing with and she was like I can't believe that he's like that now and I was just like well it is what it is dude but as long as I was able to you know say what my piece was and at least expose him to some sort of outside perspective on things then I did my job and it's the same thing with a lot of things because I know like a lot of times people I remember one of my exes had said to me um, I don't want anything to do with Christianity because it seems very much like a cult. 
That's what he said to me. And I, in a way, I understood where he was coming from because the only things that he'd been exposed to in terms of Christianity were radical Christians that are very much like, you are going to hell and you're going to die there and it's going to be nothing but pain and suffering for you. So mm -hmm, sucks to be you. So, I mean, like in that regard, I understood why he felt the way that he did. But it's like people like this that ruin it for everybody else and make people not want to feel like they want to even be interested. It's the yeah. same thing. It's they, the They legit ruin it for everyone else. You know, like we're not all like that. <laughs> yeah, no. And like, it's crazy because at one point he had asked me the question was like, is your family like that? And I was like, oh, child, like, no, that is not how my family is at mm -hmm. all. I, I, I've heard of things like that happening in the States before, too, where, like, you have, like, places like Westboro Baptist or you have, like, other Yeah, Southern really Baptist large... churches are very yeah, much Yeah, they're very intense. And then immediately when you tell people, oh, I believe in this or I believe in that, their perception of it is, like, yo, okay, like, I don't want anything to do with that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the same idea where I feel like a lot of people associate um, – like me wanting to stand up for Black Lives Matter or Indigenous Lives Matter and things like that. Like me wanting to stand up for these things. All of these people have this perception of, oh, you're talking about the people that were looting and shooting and doing all of these terrible things. How could you support something like that? Blah, 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 and things. But what people fail to recognize is I think people within this movement itself or like just overall people have been silent for so long or silenced for a very 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 long time and you can only imagine how frustrating it must be mm -hmm. for you to want to say something about what's going on and then just simply being oh like no not now or like um hello there's other people that are dealing with way worse stuff than you are you know like even that's just like as a in a general sense like say for yeah. example I, I were to tell you something real deep like oh my gosh like i only have like three days to live or something like that and then you tell me uh well that's cool and all but like <laughs> other people are dying yeah other people are dying like my dog died yesterday so can you like please can you please <laughs> like you know like it just makes you think that like like placing this idea of like placing importance of something else yeah. on top of another Above that's others, not yeah. the point that's that right. that's not what the point is right. and a lot of people fail to recognize that a lot of the time <laughs> you're trust me <laughs> I just yeah no I get really I get really hyped about about this topic because mm. I think for a very long time I was I've to, I said this is that I was really sheltered a lot of my life mm -hmm. and you know this too as a kid that grew up in the church like you're very much taught one thing and that's like the only thing that matters and that is the only yeah. thing that stands that's the only thing that like you can base your life on and everything like that it's the only thing that's real and true yeah that's the truth that you're that you're exposed to yeah and once i started pursuing higher education and really delving into these topics with my professors and with my colleagues and even people from my own church and things mm. like that when i really started to have these conversations and discuss them is when i started to realize like hey wait a minute like yes i very much do involve myself in the church and, and i love going to church i've been going since i was a little kid or even before that my parents met at youth group hello right. but <laughs> um I love I love those aspects of church and going and, and, and being there and things like that. But I think outside of that, you know, starting to understand that there are other things that are happening outside of these walls that that were created for me and everything like there's other things that are going on outside of that. Like, I think it provided so much perspective for me and it allowed me to, you know, 
it allowed me to recognize that there's a lot more happening than I think there is. Because mm-hmm. even also being like the youngest of my family, right. that was another thing that they that they instilled in me from a very young age is that I always needed to be protected. Oh, the other thing is that I'm a cisgendered female, so I mean, like I need to be protected from anybody that's gonna try and kidnap me, okay. try and do whatever, whatever, right? So I mean, like there's that whole idea of where I always needed to be protected, always needed to be sheltered, but then. And I think that also helped me realize how privileged I am in that sense, right? right? Where there are people out there that are looking for looking out for my well-being and people who actually are like looking out for me and saying like, hey, like don't go out late at night because you know you never know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, or like things like that. Like it helped me recognize like, okay, like there are people out there that actually do care about me, but what about the people that aren't being cared for? What about right. the people that are just kind of existing and nobody else, nobody really pays no mind to them or pays any attention to them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow, we just got real deep, like real quick. We did get deep, but no. <laughs> these are these are the as you said. These are the conversations that need to be had, right? Like, yeah. if we if we don't talk about it, if we don't say something, who's gonna say it? Yeah. Because sometimes, like, for these for these people that are in marginalized groups, whether it's it's black people, it's indigenous people, it's people in the LGBT community, like mm-hmm. sometimes, like, okay, I I said this on my Twitter. Um, as you know as i mentioned earlier i am a non-binary person so i am part of the lgbtqia2 spirit plus community Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting just to exist Mm -hmm. so when that when just existing the very the very thing of just living Mm -hmm. and being on this earth is already tiring Mm -hmm. sometimes you're too tired to even speak up for yourself Mm -hmm. so that's why that's why you know those voices the people that are in these marginalized communities their voices need to be amplified and we also have to be at the forefront fighting for them fighting with them mm-hmm. um because as i said if if we don't say anything who's who's gonna say anything mm-hmm. right no i agree and i think also a huge factor that goes into that is being willing to listen to these these voices these voices absolutely and, and not right because had it not been for my indigenous colleagues in in grad school like mm-hmm. i really wouldn't have been exposed all that much to what's really going on at that point right because again those voices aren't really amplified that much Mm and um but i think yeah i think it's just a matter of being able to sit down listen and and maybe that opinion might not necessarily be the same as yours let's keep that in mind it might not necessarily be the same but i think as long as you're willing to just hear somebody out i think that's the first step in being able to understand where somebody's coming from Mm -hmm. because it's very easy for us to say like oh you don't know what you're talking about oh you don't know what you're talking about it's very easy for us to say that because again we've been so conditioned to listen to somebody else or to never question anything or right. to just always just be like okay well this is right and this is wrong and then see it as like very black and white yes. um so but, but i think again when we make the effort to be able to listen to somebody else whether that's the same opinion or a different opinion than yours i think when we make the effort to do that that in itself kind of just allows us to be able to not necessarily change our minds but still be open-minded enough to see that hey like the world's a lot bigger than it actually is you know Mm -hmm. and being able to open your eyes to experiences that might not necessarily relate to yours like I know that I have like my best friend she's um she's Latin American but she's white passing Mm. so her experiences 
wouldn't necessarily be the same as mine in the sense where, yes, we're both Latin American, but her as a white passing person isn't going to experience the same kind of struggles that I might have as a person of color, right? right? So just being able to hear somebody else's story out and being able to like, just 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 sit there and listen. Don't say anything. You don't even just need to listen. say anything. Just, just, just sit there, listen, listen to what they have to say. And I promise it, it will be very much appreciated. And in a way, this is why I have the podcast set, that set up and everything, because this is where I get to express things that I've gone through and mistakes that I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. And just very, very stupid, stupid decisions that I've made. But it's also a place where I've been able to talk about my experiences as a POC and, Mm -hmm. you know, how that's affected me to this day or how these things have affected me in my life and whatnot. So, yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, that's that on that. (laughs) That's that's on that. That's on that. Very, very deep topic. Okay, now I want to get into something else that is very left of what we just talked about. (laughs) Okay. Okay, a question for you. Yes. Um, were your parents young when they met and started dating and got married? Okay, so not a lot of people know this, but my parents have like a, an extremely huge age gap that might concern some people. But I'm gonna say this: my mom was 18 when she met my dad. They're 14 years apart, so my mom was like 18, and then my dad was like 30 something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might be like, "What the hell?" Blah blah blah. But they started dating when I think my mom was like in her 20s I want to say like they knew each other as friends first Mm -hmm. and then they started dating so I think the other thing is like my dad was a lot older so because my dad was a lot older his idea of what dating was like was very different from what my mom thought dating was like right so and and to be honest with you like I think about that sometimes where I'm like what in the world does a 20 year old have in common with like a 30 something year old because like a 30 something year old has lived life decently. they've lived yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like they, to tell the tale yeah and then like a 20 year old is like barely starting their lives because like me at 20 years old versus me now like uh hello like right. <laughs> completely different experiences right, right? so i mean like yes they started dating young but like like your mom was young yeah my mom was young yes yes yes, yes. okay because i was going i was going more in the direction of like well, it, I guess it doesn't apply to you, but I'll say it applies to me. Mm-hmm. My parents were 22 or 23 because mm-hmm. they're the same age. So yeah. um, they were 23 when they met. Mm-hmm. They dated for a year. Then they got married 24. A year? Wow, damn. And then they had my sister at 25. And then they had me 26, 27. Jeez, so my age, that's my age. <laughs> right. And like to me, that kind like before I used to put this unnecessary pressure on like it was completely unnecessary yeah obviously it was a different time back then in the 90s and you know only recently have I freed myself uh from the shackles of you know having that ideal of like getting married young or dating someone finding that person um marrying them and then starting a family Mm -hmm. and I would say for myself that like my life has been exponentially better since I freed myself from that like ideal because it's first of all it's unrealistic and Mm -hmm. like no especially now in this day and age and economy like dating for one dating is expensive marriage having a house having kids it's expensive and it's crazy like terrible for the environment so Mm -hmm. for me now like I kind of just roll with the punches now and you know I'll deal with my little crushes here and there but (laughs) Other than that, like, 
yeah like i i i gotta give people the credit that are actively dating because mm-hmm. for me it's more passive like i i am very focused on like what i'm doing right now yeah. and like i, f- I feel like it, it's nice to share um experiences with people mm-hmm. especially someone that you consider like you know your significant other or yeah. whatever your partner but as you said like we should be taking this time to strengthen the bonds that we have already formed mm-hmm. and um I can say that like through the pandemic I have gotten closer to my friends like mm-hmm. people that like I wouldn't normally see like my best friend she just had her first baby who's mm-hmm. my godson yeah. back in February <laughs> and like I see her I actually see her more often now than I ever did before yeah um and I and I love that for us like I I love that like I've been getting closer with my friends and like even like spending time with them having like watching movies through mm-hmm. like discord and mm-hmm. whatnot like we never had that mm-hmm. like pre-pandemic because mm-hmm. now like we're all at ground zero and everyone can kind of slow down but mm-hmm. you know as things slowly start to pick back up like it kind of makes me sad knowing that like we're headed back into that reality of like hu- the hustle and bustle of the reality of the mm-hmm. gta right so yeah. it, it it is kind of hard at times to like kind of think about that because while my friends will be going back to that like busy work life mm-hmm. i will still be working on my craft <laughs> because i'm in something completely new so yeah 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 no but i think whatever works for whatever works for you though and and in this time frame you've been able to figure that out you've been able to figure like hey like this is what works for me and Mm. this is the this is the craft that i want to build upon and i think that that's super admirable because i just think like if all of this hadn't happened i always like to think that everything has a reason or there's everything has a reason yeah so I, th- I like to think that like in this time frame if this hadn't happened you might have not have been able to discover this craft that you love doing so much you yeah know what I mean? it's true or you wouldn't have had the time even mm-hmm. to really get into it and and really learn what you needed to learn you that's know what facts I mean? shout out to covid for creating <laughs> the monster that is dj Honeybun. yes yes well anyways before we wrap up is there any sort of project or anything that you wanted to shamelessly plug before we head out because i do this with anybody that has anything going on in their lives my my friend zane <laughs> has his music going on right. and all that stuff so i know you got something going on so if you want to give the little shameless plug then by all means the floor is yours yes my shameless plug is follow me on twitch.tv slash backslash dj honeybun mm-hmm. um my tag is the same in all platforms i believe twitter don't follow me on twitter because it's just a bunch of like shenanigans <laughs> but that even more so would make you want to or feel compelled to please yes um my instagram is also dj honeybun you can find me on facebook not that there's much and like not that there's much on that page anyway yeah no one's even on facebook but i have that because i don't want anyone else to take the name so of course i have to take that yes and um and yeah like catch me streaming randomly i stream a lot of of course djing so Mm -hmm. it'll be a lot of like sets of me just like kind of playing freestyle whatever Mm -hmm. is in my library sometimes i do community games so you can pop on we can play some jackbox some charades whatever i have and um other days like it'll just be like me singing or like me just talking about life and how i have my own little podcast going on there too it's not a real podcast like this one but (laughs) It's just me going on a real one. Me please. going on tangents of my life. Don't give so. me that much credit. <laughs> no, for real though. This is a this is a legitimate podcast. Follow um so DZ's on all platforms, okay? <laughs> all the uh, platforms. Spotify, Apple Music, Apple yeah, Podcasts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yay. Well, my love, I wanna just thank you so much for being here. You Aww. are 
amazing and i'm so again i'm so proud of how far you've come in in, in all of this and, and what you're doing and whatnot and i will always be your number one fan no matter what you freaking do like <laughs> i even still have uh, before we end up i even still have you know like those shirts that you were giving out or like the long sleeve shirts with like the number on the back yeah, with people's nicknames jerseys. when you're a barber gal mm-hmm. i still have mine in my closet yes. haven't worn it in a hot minute but i still got it in That's my closet right. so i've been a supporter y'all better recognize day one i've been a supporter since <laughs> day freaking one all right day zero Mm, cool all right well any hoosies that's it for this week's episode i love you guys so very very much and see you on the next one as always black lives matter indigenous lives matter immigrant lives matter and god loves you so very very much okay bye